Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest. Today's guest is a Miss Alexandria T. Riley, who is a mayoral candidate for Pontiac. Alexandria, say hello to the world. Hello, world, and hello to you guys. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited and looking forward to uh, a good discussion this evening. Yeah, we're excited as well. This is a first for us. Um, some live action going on behind you. And uh, we really usually have a controlled setting, but uh, this is this is a busy time for you, right? It's a very busy time. So we are right in the, the thick of things. We're down to two weeks. Today marks two weeks before the general election who will determine the next mayor of the city of Pontiac. All right. So we always begin our podcast by introducing our guests to our audience. And we ask a very simple, but not so simple question. So here it is. All right. It's Alexandria T. Riley. Well, I am first and foremost a candidate for mayor (laughs) of the city of Pontiac. But uh, I joke around and I tell people that I am the child that the village raised. Uh, I was born and raised in the city of Pontiac. My mother was born and raised in the city of Pontiac. My grandmother was born and raised in the city of Pontiac. So for over uh, a century, Mm -hmm. um, we have been invested in the city of Pontiac. So I'm Pontiac's native daughter. And as scripture tells us, you know, train up a child. So I was born in Pontiac. I was raised in Pontiac. I was loved in Pontiac. And most importantly, I was trained uh, in my city. I was trained at Pontiac. And so now I am ready to usher in a new generation mm-hmm. of leadership as the next mayor of the city and also to usher in a new vision for the city of Pontiac. And so I'm excited to talk to you and kind of engage in some of the topics um, about our 10-point plan. Mm-hmm. We have a, uh, a comprehensive 10-point plan um, for the city of Pontiac, and it's entitled New Vision for Pontiac. All right. So we'll jump into that in a minute, but let's get a little mm-hmm. more background. So you mm-hmm. born and raised in Pontiac, right? What schools mm-hmm. did you attend? So uh, through elementary or college? or uh, you All know, the way. I, I attend, all yep. the way. All right. Yeah. Well, I attended uh, in elementary school. I attended some Pontiac schools, uh, and then I um, went to private school for high school, okay. uh, water for Our Lady of the Lakes. Okay. Then I went away. Uh, I studied policy um, at Stanford University okay. and Yale University, uh, political okay. science and business. A little small the University out there. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh, uh, political science and business at the University of Michigan. Um, and then I came back home. I came back home to Pontiac. I started my businesses uh, in the city. I'm a licensed real estate broker. I'm also a licensed residential builder. You know, I have a lot of women in the construction industry. So mm-hmm. proud uh, to, to be one and to be one in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. And um, I purchased my home on Ottawa Drive. Wow. And so I'm invested here. 
Wow. Uh, pay property taxes, business taxes, wow. and <laughs> income taxes right in the city of Pontiac. So when did you know you wanted to get into politics? At, at what age did you say politics is my thing, it's my jam? Well, I think I was more so kind of thrust into it. It wasn't so much so like this is something that I want to do. My grandmother was very instrumental in ushering in a strong mayor form of government, representative government of the mm. community uh, back in the 19. 19- um, 70s and 1980s. And so she worked with the very first elected strong mayor of Pontiac and she worked in that campaign. So I grew up as a child, my very first campaign wow. that I participated in, I was eight years old. Wow. And a uh, funny story is, you know, you have the boundary lines where you can't cross when you're given the you know, the, the campaign literature out. And so for an eight-year-old little girl, not understanding when people walk up and they don't want to take your paper that you're trying to give yeah. <laughs> And so I was ready to cross that line and run behind them and say, no, take the paper, take the paper for the candidate. But uh, at eight years old, I was involved in, in my very first campaign. And so, you know, I grew up in the halls of City Hall uh, being mentored by former mayors and city staff. And so, you know, I w- it was a sense of service. Uh, my mother taught dance. She's, she's a classical dance instructor. She taught ballet, tap, jazz at uh, local community centers. We used to have four community centers. And so my mom taught dance there. And so I watched that service that she exhibited within the community. She provided the programs for free at no cost to um, young people in our city. And so for me, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the, when I really, really knew, um, I'll, I'll give you that moment. So I always was interested in knowing what was going on in the city. I, I didn't necessarily want to be the person in the forefront of it, per wow. se. Um, I was class president all through high school, though. Wow. So except for my, except for my senior year, mm. Kate Sartori beat me. Mm. So. Okay. <laughs> Always remember that name. So, hey, Katie, if you watch it. <laughs> but um, so when when the city went through a tough time, when we went through receivership, we lost our community centers. Yeah. Uh, we lost our we had four community centers, three boys and girls clubs. And so all of the youth programming was seized in the city. Mm-hmm. And so watching that model of service from my mother, mm-hmm. um, I was in college at the time. I was at Michigan. And so I would drive back home three days out of the week and run youth programs, youth development programs. My very first job was at the Boys and Girls Club. So I was familiar with the programs um, and the impact that they made in the community. And when the centers closed and the Boys and Girls Clubs closed, it created a huge void. And so I would drive back home three days out of the week uh, to facilitate the programs. And on one of my trips back to school, I got into a car accident. Wow. And I lost my leg as a result of the accident. Wow. So my, my left leg was amputated below the knee. Wow. And, um, you know, I'm still standing by the grace of God. Yeah. And just like Pontiac is still standing. So we went through a rough period wow. and it's about the, the rebound. It's about, you know, overcoming those challenges yeah. and making it, you know, better than, than before. Uh, and so uh, when I got into the accident, the entire community really just embraced me and rallied around me up until that point. I had volunteered and everything. I got started when I was 11 years old, mm-hmm. writing for the Oakland for us, the Citizen Post, Michigan Chronicle. We had youth groups. I was always involved in the community at one point or another as a child and teenager and young adult. 
And so when I got into the accident, you know, it was like the entire city just rallied around me, supporting me, yeah. encouraging me, wow. loving on me. And so yeah. at that moment, you know, um, I've always had a heart for service, but at that moment I said, you know, I want to be able to give back to the city right. who's given me so much. Wow. Wonderful story. Uh, where are you right now? <laughs> I'm at my campaign headquarters. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you're at work uh, and you took out a little time for us to uh, do this little podcast called Dripping in Black. Now, um, Mayor, so you said you lost a class president, but I think Mayor <laughs> will be uh, a get back, I think. That, that's the uh, comeback. That's a- <laughs> so what are what are some of the challenges that the new mayor of Pontiac is going to face? I think uh, some of the challenges are certainly going to be um, as we have come out of receivership and come out of state oversight, uh, restoring a lot of what once was. So I'm a young woman. I'm 35 years old. And so as I'm talking to these 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds and telling them, you got to get involved. Your, your, your voice matters. Your vote counts. And uh, as I'm telling them about the old days, you know, I'm feeling a bit seasoned myself. <laughs> and saying, you know, we used to have all of these uh, these things yeah. in Pontiac. Pontiac was known because yeah. we had the Detroit Lions. We yep. had the Detroit Pistons. We yeah. had RCB Sinitz. We had yep. General Motors, yeah. uh, you know, headquartered, not headquartered, but we had four General Motors within our city. And yeah. so we had activities such as, you know, citywide fireworks or uh, arts and cultural festivals, African-American festival, or Hispanic Heritage Festival. And so there were a lot of things that within our community and our community's culture, they bound us together. So we don't have uh, those activities, or we don't have um, those uh, programs any longer, citywide sports, sport mm-hmm. leagues. And so the part of the challenge is making sure that we raise the standard of our city services. And part of the challenge is restoring that sense of hope. You know, I think that throughout the course of us losing police department, the fire department, outsourcing a lot of our city services, uh, we've created a sense of, of apathy. Uh, and in our community, as well as there was recently an article in um, Cranes, I believe, that indicated that Pontiac has just recently shifted within this last census uh, mm-hmm. to be a predominantly renter-based city. Uh, in the past, wow. we had a culture of ownership. Wow. And so we have to get back to that and creating and fostering home ownership uh, and affordable housing opportunities. So there's some challenges that are there, but I'm not just hopeful. I'm confident that uh, we can overcome those challenges and and we can build our city uh, to be a city that we all can be very proud of. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my follow-up. So you have all of these challenges. Why Alexandria T. Riley for mayor? Well, for me, um, it's personal. It's deeply personal. I currently serve as the director of development uh, for Genesee County land bank authority. I am the only candidate in this race that has any type of background with urban development experience or mm. even working within a municipal setting at an executive level and managing teams, managing budgets. I'm also an ICMA certified city manager. So I understand policy. Wow. I understand appropriations. I understand fiscal budgets. And yep. so 
for me, uh, I previously served as the city's chief development officer. And so in that role, about a year and a half, I brought in over $6 million of grant money, not yeah. tax dollars, not you know, millages that were levied, but actual grant funds into our city, resources into our city to impact the quality of life of our residents. And so I believe that people in Pontiac, our residents, our neighborhoods, our youth, our seniors uh, deserve to be prioritized. And Mm -hmm. that is why I'm running. This is not about a stepping stone for me. This is Mm -hmm. not about a uh, career move or to try to elevate myself. In fact, the people in my current position are kind of looking at me a little crazy. Like, you know, you're making the money, you get off at five o'clock, don't have the headache. Are you sure you want to do this? And so I like my job. I love my staff. They're mm. they're incredible. They're amazing. Mm. Um, and I like what I'm doing. I'm in Genesee County, which everybody, you know, knows Genesee County, Flint's within Genesee County. Yep. And uh, it's great. You know, we're talking about obviously this show and even its name, but it's good as far as the work that I'm doing, building equity, creating wealth within communities of color, urban communities. So it's good for the culture. But, Dave, it's it's not home. Pontiac is home. So I'm passionate about it. Uh, I have a vision. uh, And I think in the past we've gone from putting out one fire to the next in our city. Mm -hmm. And so I think at this point it's about making sure that we articulate a plan to move forward, to move us to the next level in the city right. of Pontiac. Well, so we are perfectly segue into my next thing. So I like the forecast. So we, you've been elected and you, it's the first day in office. What are we doing? First day. First day. Uh, first day. <laughs> well, it would, first day in office it would be inauguration day. So in Pontiac, mm-hmm. uh, January mm-hmm. one is uh, based on the charter. That's the day of swearing in. And so mm. obviously it'll be a celebratory day, but it'll yeah. also be a day to get uh, the real work in. And that's yeah. what what it's about. Um, one of the very first things that I intend on doing is um, requesting a forensic audit to make sure that the city clearly understands and knows what assets we have, how we're positioned financially, and so that we can build from that. So that's critically and uh, necessary and it's vitally important um, moving forward to understand where we are, because I think a lot of moving parts have been and a lot of misinformation has been presented out there. So we want to dispel any myths relative to that. We want to know exactly where we stand financially. And then secondly, um, making sure that Pontiac gets its just due, Mm -hmm. making sure that we get our fair share. Uh, We have a lot of uh, for instance, our CDBG program is outsourced to Oakland County, and mm. we lose about $1.2 million a year because of wow. that contract. So bringing that back in-house. So uh, I think a part of the, the work initially um, will be about making sure that we're positioned uh, mm. in a right way to move forward financially and that we're taking advantage of every opportunity available uh, to leverage our resources for our residents. Yeah. yeah. So this may overlap a little bit, but talk to us a little bit about your 10-point policy plan. All right. That's a question that I'm, I'm, I'm liking right now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, uh, 
This is our 10-point policy plan. This is a concise version. Obviously, you can go on the website, www.rileyforpontiac.com, and get the comprehensive uh, list. But it's pretty straightforward and simple. And again, it goes back to that, that simple, that very simple premise of prioritizing Pontiac people. And so it's 10 points, but these 10 points ultimately make up three main uh, benchmarks, three main okay. areas of interest. And that's economic development, downtown development, and community development. When we talk about economic development, we have been fortunate. We've, we've done some good work as far as attracting industry into the city of Pontiac. We have Williams International. We have UWM. We have uh, uh, Amazon. Amazon at the site of the old Silverdome. And yeah. so Pontiac has jobs, but yet Pontiac people aren't getting them. So wow. making sure that we're attracting industry and we're doing it in an intentional way, when we're offering tax breaks or incentives to businesses to relocate or to build in the city of Pontiac, that we're making sure that we are mandating within those contracts uh, provisions for our citizens to be trained uh, for certain positions or to be hired for certain positions, in addition to um, obviously building our, our, our revenue and our tax base, but even Pontiac contractors, making sure that they have opportunities to be a part of that economic growth. Yeah. So economic development, downtown development, uh, Pontiac's downtown, uh, a lot of people know and associate our downtown in the past with obviously the Phoenix Center, obviously Arts, Beats and Eats, but we yeah. don't have a good steady flow of traffic in our downtown. A lot of businesses, invest, they move downtown, then they close their doors because they don't have that foot traffic. So gotcha. what our vision is, a part of our 10-point plan, is downtown development uh, by which we lose the loop. So we have the Woodward Loop, and that mm. loop drives traffic around our downtown and not directly into our downtown. So mm -hmm. lose the loop, uh, and mm. also to tap into one of our most untapped resources, and that is the Clinton River. And so not a lot of people know that there is a river running through downtown Pontiac, but mm -hmm. it's covered up. And so when you wow. think of any thriving downtown, urban downtown, when you think mm -hmm. of Baltimore, D.C., Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, Detroit, yeah. Detroit, for yeah. that matter, right. um, it's built around water. That's and right. so lose the loop. They like the Clinton River, redirect and drive traffic back into our downtown and make it a destination, reopen it, and reconnect it to our neighborhoods and uh, make it an enjoyable place where we uh, can host activities again and uh, be proud of the progress made within that, uh, within our downtown. Yeah. And lastly, and most importantly, community development. Mm. That's the heart and soul of, of what we do yeah. as far as serving the public. And so community development, making sure that our young people have opportunities to grow, to excel, partnering with our school district uh, to for our summer and after school programs, for workforce development programs, making sure that we have a summer youth work experience where our kids can be paired with jobs of uh, tomorrow and yeah. job training and have that exposure to workforce development through um, those partnerships, making sure that our seniors are honored. They've paved the way yeah. for us. And so making sure that they have facilities that are up the code, facilities yeah. by which they can enjoy. Um, and also chore programs, transportation programs, yeah. city services. You know, I don't know how often you guys have rolled through the city of Pontiac, but making sure we can drive down our streets and not blow out a, a tire <laughs> or a tire rod. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
uh, repairing our roads, fixing mm-hmm. our street lights, uh, reengaging and retooling our workforce, uh, mm-hmm. making opportunities available for those that are coming home and reentering our society, those that have paid their debts to yeah. society. So these are all a part of community development yeah. activities. And mm-hmm. so we're committed to uh, uh, moving forward in that and creating uh, opportunities and prioritizing our residents and our neighborhoods and our businesses to make sure that government works for them. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what it should be about. Yeah. Yeah. And so right. those, those are the areas of uh, the 10 point plan and I can yeah. go on and on and on, but I know your time is limited and so is mine. Yeah. So, yeah. but if, yeah. if, um, if you have time for all the viewing audience and all of those to go back through and, and check out our plan, um, it's it's one that I think will be transformative for yeah. the city of Pontiac moving forward. Yeah, very well-rounded answer there. A lot there for people to gravitate to and to even learn about and then to dig in and find out a little bit more about. Um, I, I got curious as you were speaking about um, yourself. So you've had mm-hmm. a lot of experience in politics. Mm-hmm. What are some challenges that you faced in that world? I think one of the biggest challenges is uh, age and youth. You know, I I said on the onset, um, train up a child. And so uh, we have city leaders. We have those that are respected and known in the community, uh, those that have served in office. And they tell you to, you know, get your education. They tell you to get your experience. Yeah. They tell you to step forward and be a part of your community yeah. with the exception of don't run for office. <laughs> <laughs> don't come for my be, job. <laughs> be, right. Be of support. And so I think part of the challenge has been mm. um, having the, the next generation really kind of pass the torch. I mm. ran for mayor in 2017. You know, um, I didn't make it. And uh, we, we, we ran a formidable campaign, but I didn't make it, but I didn't lose hope. I didn't give up. And yeah. I took a position. Uh, I worked as the chief development officer, which I said, you know, we were able to bring in millions of dollars into the city within yeah. the current administration. And uh, we always didn't see eye to eye, but the opportunity was there for me to serve my city. And that's yeah. what I desired to do. Yeah. And so it's about coming together. It's about creating opportunities. And it's about bridging the gap yeah yeah finding the well, commonalities that's going to move our city forward so a couple of more questions and then uh, we get to the final and most important question but um how many years would you say you've been in politics Ooh, two decades so i said i started at 11 so okay. my my first actual i started on uh two tv shows back mm-hmm. when i was 11 inside pontiac and positively pontiac and i had a segment a weekly segment called alexandria's bright lights to show mm-hmm. forth light to others and i've consistently been involved um since then so mm-hmm. from the tv shows to writing for the newspapers to leading the youth group to working with mm-hmm. the naacp the national mm-hmm. association of negro business and professional women's club um and a multitude uh, of community organizations. I, I was a busy young lady. It kept me yeah. out of trouble. Kept me yeah. out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. So you've been at it for a while. You've learned a little bit. Uh, knowing what you know now, if you can go back and talk to your younger self and give her advice, 
while entering into politics, what is some advice you would give her? I think that's a great question. Um, and that, that stands true to you, stand true to your values yeah. and making sure that you, I'm, uh, you know, when you look at Pontiac, there's a church on just about every street corner. And that shows that we're a community of faith. Yeah. And so daily I walk by that faith to guide me you know, in my decision making. And so that's the foundation, you know, keeping God first, uh, leading a, a life that you can look back on and be yeah. proud of. And that's what I've tried to live up to. And, and that would be the, the advice, staying true and, and keeping your values, especially in politics, because you're, you're not going to always make someone happy. You know, you're going to have a group over here that wants to go this way. And you're going to have another group over here that wants to go this way. Yeah. And as the leader, you're expected to make a decision. Yeah. And so that decision is going to make some people proud and it's going to disappoint others. And so if you're true in yourself and true to your values, you know, you can continue to move forward in that. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we send this podcast out and our viewers and listeners hear your story, what is uh, some of the best ways that they can support you? Best way that they can support me right now is by voting, okay. uh, by, by voting and being an informed voter. Yeah, uh, we, we, we want um, engagement. We want citizen engagement and civic engagement. When the city of Pontiac uh, went through receivership and we lost everything, it was the community that banded together, that stepped forward and said, you know, we might have lost this, we might have lost that, but we're going to come together and make sure that we have those neighborhood watch groups to deal with the areas of crime or make sure that we have programs in our parks to make sure that or within our neighborhoods to ensure that our children uh, have opportunities. And so it, it goes back to I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. Yeah. And so getting informed on the issues, making an informed choice uh, and voting, yeah, exercising your right to vote. And so yeah. we have 45,000 people in the city of Pontiac right. and in the primary, only about 6,000 people voted. Yeah. And so we want to engage as many people as we can in the process. Uh, yeah. So the, the biggest way to support me right now is by being involved, uh, voting, yeah. encouraging others to vote yeah. and voting early. So yeah. we don't want you to miss out. People get busy. <laughs> yeah. And so you can vote now at City Hall in the clerk's office Monday through Friday from 8 30 a.m. until 4 30 p.m. Yeah. Would uh, any volunteers help at this point? I know we're down to two weeks, but. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We need volunteers uh, as we're knocking on doors, as we're making phone calls. Uh, if you'd like to volunteer, shoot us a message on the website. The web address is www.rileyopaniac.com. Dot com mm -hmm. and the um, headquarters are located. Stop in. We're here typically from one to six. Um, we're here in the building. Yeah. Um, anytime before, anytime after, uh, we have kind of people in and out, obviously winding down the, the last two weeks. Yeah. So we're located in Pontiac on Telegraph, 377 North Telegraph. So stop by. Mm -hmm. I got it. I got calls coming yeah. in and all type of stuff going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One more question about that. Is there any social media that they can use to kind of reach out to you, help you and support you in any way? We are on all social media platforms under uh, 
under another another call trying to come in so yeah. they don't know i'm on the podcast i gotta <laughs> send out right. the message yeah. but the um the the social medias are um uh, uh handles are the same as our website and that yeah. is riley for pontiac so if you go to facebook forward slash riley for pontiac yeah. instagram riley for pontiac all right twitter riley for pontiac and uh youtube yeah all right. So now let's get to the most important question that we ask in our podcast. Are right, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? Have I ever been on a cover of a magazine? <laughs> I've been on the cover of newspapers. Yes. Okay. I've been on the cover of the Oakland Press. And no, I've not been on the cover of a magazine. So well, newspapers not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Well, we we aim to please here at the Dripping the Black Podcast. Okay. So one of the things that we do for all of our guests mm-hmm. is that we put them on the cover of the Dripping and Black magazine. And all so right. uh my producer, Sean Smith S Squared, is gonna put the early version of your okay. magazine cover up for you. We will All continue right. to uh, mock it up for you. All right. <laughs> okay. So, He's doing it right now as we speak, huh? Yeah. If you peek over uh, my shoulders, I got quite a few of the uh, I see. of our guests. So All we right. mock it up and we get it uh, dressed up for you. And, so I get you know, to go on the wall behind you, you? You would definitely go on the wall behind me. This is the wall of fame. I'm this honored. Is Thank you. Black alumni. You also get your own personal uh, one that we'll print out and send to you, laminated and all that good stuff. As a thank oh, you great. for coming out. Oh, thank you. The pleasure's all mine. Yeah. So we want to thank uh, mayoral candidate for Pontiac, Alexandria T. Riley, for joining us on the Dripping in Black podcast. And we're going to ask our audience to hang on for the final segment, The Last Drip. But thanks again to Miss Alexandria T. Riley for Pontiac Mayor. Up next, the last drip, but first, a message from Anchor. A dripping in black thanks to Alexandria T. Riley for the passion that she has for her hometown, as well as her desire to serve and give back to the people of Pontiac. We wish her all the success in the world and a run for mayor of Pontiac, that great city. However, we have reached the final segment of our podcast called the last drip. The last drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more of Black excellence for you. In this final segment, we highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we highlight the political trailblazer Lilia Foley Davis. Born Lilia Smith in November 1942, she was born and raised in the small, predominantly Black town of Taft, Oklahoma. In 1960, Foley Davis graduated from Moton High School. Her political career began after she was laid off from a teacher's aid job. Initially, she planned to run for a seat on the school board, but she was discouraged by naysayers who told her she wasn't qualified. In 1973, she was a 30-year-old single mother of five when she learned that a Black man had just become mayor of Pritchard, Alabama. That's when she decided to run for mayor of Taft, Oklahoma. In April 1973, with 93 total votes, 
She was elected mayor of Taft, Oklahoma. She was the first black female ever to be elected mayor in the United States. In 1974, Oklahoma named Foley Davis the state's outstanding woman of the year. Also in 74, then U.S. President Gerald Ford named Foley Davis one of 10 outstanding young women and invited her to the White House. In the early 1980s, Foley Davis would lose her mayoral office, but she would continue to serve the small town of Taft. In 2000, she would successfully regain the title of Taft's mayor. Today, at the tender age of 78, soon to be 79, Ms. Foley Davis continues to serve the town of Taft as a councilwoman. Ms. Foley Davis was and still is a trailblazer for young women, like our guest, Alexandria T. Riley, who aspired to be mayor of their hometown one day. And because of her accomplishments, past and present, Lydia Foley Davis is this episode's last drip. For more on Lydia Foley Davis, check out WashingtonPost.com, TulsaWorld.com, FoxyNC.com, and OKHistory.org. My thanks to all of these websites for the knowledge. By the way, there's a pretty interesting story um, that associates Miss Foley Davis with one red fox. Um, so go ahead and do your homework and check out those websites for that interesting story and how they are tied together with Taft, Oklahoma. The Driven in Black audio podcast can be found on the most popular podcast platforms, and you can find our video version on the DIBK channel on YouTube. Remember to subscribe, comment, like, share, and to tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, you can like us and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DIBK20. My thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, supporters, and subscribers. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production.